podcast listeners, and welcome to the June 20th, 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong has been watching the World Cup along with the rest of the globe this week, which as usual is not exactly in our time zone. Things are topsy-turvy for many of us here, therefore, but we wouldn't have it any other way. To soothe our spirits when our bodies are weary, we start today's podcast with Ente, who elucidates the magic of daily music. Once you're aware of the cacophony that surrounds, we'll hear from Sheridan, who takes a moment to reflect in a time of chaos. Both stories will leave you with a different appreciation of the soundscapes we live in. Huge thanks go out to our listeners in Hong Kong who are increasing by the day. It makes our hearts sing when we see all those hometown listeners who support our adventures. Also, a big thanks to listeners from all over the world, including those from Prince George in Canada, Sydney, Australia, and Mumbai, India. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you're sitting back and enjoying the World Cup in between listening to our podcasts. On Wednesday, the 24th of June, in Hong Kong, at our very own Fringe Club, you have the opportunity to see another live show that will have your heart racing. That's right, our June live show, with the theme of play, will be performed on that very night. Head on over to hongkongstories.com for information on how to find tickets before it's too late. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Today's first story was told live at the Fringe Club on April 2018 at our live show, Face the Music. Here is Ente to bring us on an auditory journey. My life began in a small village in the Netherlands. And just like any other town, it produced its own music. A musical arrangement performed by dogs, cows, and nosy neighbors. A concert uh, composed out of many bars of silence, broken by the banging of the grandfather clock hanging in our living room, or the loud clanging of dishes, reminding us that my mother was the only one doing all the work in our house. <laughs> my mom used to listen to classical music on the radio when she was ironing. I did not appreciate it. Dinner was at 6 p.m. every single day. Lunch at 12. During some meals, we would be treated to some unexpected excitement when a car would pull up into our street. We would uh, gaze through the window without curtains to, 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 to look at this, this fascinating scene. Are we getting visitors? What is our neighbor doing home at this hour? In springtime, my morning wake-up call would be a concert of a polyphony sang by uh, horny birds, <laughs> while at night the screams of cats in lust or at war would keep me awake. They're their soul-piercing screams, a good rival for my own uh, recurring nightmares. One day I found a strange ornament in our attic, um, U-shaped ceramic harp in a cast iron um, frame. And there were musical notes printed on it surrounding a very popular Dutch phrase, uh, 
that goes something like, of life's concert, no one has a program. Uh, I felt, though, that the concert performed in my little town was the most predictable concert ever. And my own song definitely could not be sung there. My song did not harmonize with the monotone sound of my teachers, the teachers that would berate my parents for allowing me to learn how to read before, it was, for, before I was old enough to go to school. My song made my neighbors uncomfortable. They would warn my parents that if they didn't force me to play football, I would become one of those. <laughs> so after 18 years, I, I was able to escape my hellish hometown. I joined the city choir of Amsterdam as one anonymous, unique voice between many. As soon as my parents left the ground floor apartment in which they had helped me move, I knew I found my true home. Behind the three-meter-tall window panes, Amsterdam sang its song of bicycle bells, squeaking tram wheels and drunken tourists. Sometimes I would fill my narrow room with the music playing on my first very own sound system. My uncle had bought it for me together with my first CD, Tracy Chapman's self-named album. And I had a feeling that I belonged. I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. Some nights I would wake up to the sound of people in heat or at war. It, it, it was as if they were, they were fighting or laughing right there next to my bed. A bit uncomfortable. But I felt safe and encouraged to, uh, to make my own voice heard. Amsterdam taught me how to sing, out loud, on my bicycle, without worrying what people may think. But after 10 years, I started feeling less free, less anonymous. The, the city started to shrink. I needed to escape again, and I found my way out when I fell in love with a handsome American. I would follow him to New York, Tokyo and, and finally Hong Kong, where our latest city opera is being performed. It's taken place right now in uh, Tin Hao, some 20 floors above King's Road. The bass sound of car engines harmonizes with the humming of our air conditioner unit. <laughs> the acceleration of double-decker trams produce the tenor part. Their, their moaning reminds me of whale songs. They, they soothe my mind and lull me into relaxation, but usually at that point, it's time for the, uh, for the altos and sopranos to do their thing. A call and response between car horns, each holding their dissonant pitch longer and louder. And if there are no frustrated drivers around, there's usually a neighbor picking up a drill to screech its metal on the hard concrete of the walls we share. But not all music in Tin Hao is performed by machines. Most days, 
usually around 2 p.m., there's um, a street artist on the corner playing saxophone. And if he's not around, a guitar player takes his spot. And it seems both of them love George Michael's careless whisper. <laughs> they play one verse, the intermission, and the chorus in a three-hour-long loop. <laughs> I, I do not understand how this hasn't driven them insane yet. The melodies of Hong Kong, they, they were beautiful and exciting the first few times that I heard them. But after eight years, my overstimulated ears need a break. I don't know how many more renditions of Careless Whisper they can endure. I use my uh, noise-canceling earphones to, to push out George Michael, the MTR jingles, and uh, my sneezing fellow citizens to push them out of my consciousness uh, and nestled in my sound cocoon, I pretend I do not share the MTR train with the same amount of people that inhabit my entire hometown. <laughs> Between Admiralty and, and Mongkok, my iPhone plays a 1951 recording of uh, an opera performed in, in Amsterdam and its cracks and melodrama transport me to a place I've left a long time ago. I longingly hear the hiss of my mother's hot iron. She and I will look through the window without curtains to see what our neighbors are up to, and maybe later, after our clock bangs 12 times, I'll help her with the dishes. Ante joined our group a little while ago and came to a workshop with the seeds of his story. With a bit of guidance from our lovely hosts, his story was tuned up and played with perfection. The thing is, you can do this too. Head on over to our website, hongkongstories.com, to find the easy-peasy steps to turn your story into something truly beautiful. All our stories are true first-person stories, so we promise not to change the circumstances or the facts, but we will show you how to tell your story in the most effective way we can. Also, if you like this podcast and what we're doing, please write us a review on your preferred podcast provider. Every review is appreciated and helps us to get seen by more eyes and listened to by more ears. The next story we have today is from our 2017 experimental show, which was titled 24-7. Sheridan had everyone on the edge of their seats with this captivating slice of a reporter's life. Here's Sheridan. When I slip into the pool, it's the first time I've been cool all day. It's six o'clock, and the sky has just started glowing blue and orange. The white outline of the moon has just come out, and the streaky contrails of jets overhead 
look like the long trace of fingers against the sky. Outside the Hotel Cambodiana, it's chaos. Motorbike horns are bleeding, cars are honking, the clogged streets of Phnom Penh are a cacophony. I've had to fight my way to get here, dodging, cursing, leaving behind my laptop, my stories for the day filed, edited, and out on the wire. I've had to sneak in to get here, as I always do, pretending my room number is 249, where the visiting BBC correspondent stayed last week, or 467, where the U.S. Embassy keeps a suite for the ambassador. I always ask people their room numbers when they come to Phnom Penh. It's the only pool in town. Weekends at the Cambodiana are a madhouse. Every lounge chair is taken. Every inch of concrete is covered with a towel. The diplomats, aid workers, UNESCO, UNDP, the UN peacekeepers, and the Vietnamese prostitutes accompanying them who splash around in their black bras and panties in the pool because they don't have swimsuits, sometimes with purple bruises on their backsides. Everyone is here. But at six o'clock on a weeknight, there is stillness. I am alone in the pool, and the bats, like old friends, swoop down beside me as I swim. Each rhythmic meditation removes the stains of the day, the first thing in the morning trip to the foreign ministry to find out where the Khmer Rouge had attacked the day before and how many people had been killed. Breathe. The daily noon briefing at UN headquarters, not quite the five o'clock follies, but equally full of lies. Breathe. The race to the central market to find out if the rumor of a bomb going off was true. Breathe. The waiting, waiting, and agonizing waiting in the hot, hot sun for the king to just come out and give his press conference. Breathe. The race back to my laptop. Type, type, type. Beat Reuters faster, faster. Breathe. It is now, in this liminal hour, in these stolen moments of twilight, in the suspended time in between, when it's no longer day, not quite yet night, this all washes away, punctuated by the strokes through an otherwise empty pool, the sounds of water swirling, the flutter of bat wings. I emerge and rinse off, cleansed of the dust and detritus and disquiet of the day, ready again to face the honking horns and zipping motorbikes and the world beyond. listening to these stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you aren't in Hong Kong but you'd like to hear your story on the podcast, you can send us a written story. The stories can be anything at all as long as they're true and as long as they're short and as long as you are the main character. We promise to read them all and our favourites may be read on future podcasts. Find information on this, past podcasts, photos of our storytellers and oh so very much more at hongkongstories.com Thanks go out to our unsung heroes of this podcast, to Yuri, 
who curated and directed our April 2018 show, and to Janita, who came up with the concepts behind and then directed us in our 24-7 show. We appreciate all your work. The music on this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with hat tricks, last-minute goals, and the good kind of penalties. (laughs) ¶¶